I'll go on YouTube and find out how to say a name. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Weird Thing About That, where me and my fellow players are given a subject matter and have to find the weirdest, coolest or most interesting story on that subject. Players' stories will be scored by a head judge and the winner will be revealed at the end of the episode. I'm Chris and joining me today, looking a bit more transparent than usual, it's Chucky. Yo! And sounding a bit more French than usual, it's our special guest, Ellis. Hello, changed my eye colour as well. And of course, our head judge Joe, who will be scoring our stories. Bonjour. Hey, Joe, if you could give us today's subject and how it will be scored, please. Uh, today's subject is festivities, and it will be judged on the party scale. Nice. P A R T. Why? Because I told you to. <laughs> and we shall start with you, Chris. Okay. We as humans love a good celebration. From Christmas, birthdays, Diwali, Passover, Kwanzaa, and of course, the Baby Jumping Festival of Spain, we don't need much of an excuse to get together and have a good time. My favourite celebrations are those obscure local traditions that have grown over time into fully-flung town and village festivals that would make outsiders to the area look on and ask, what the fuck? There are many worldwide strange festivals, like the Baby Jumping Festival of Spain, as previously mentioned, or Japan's Kanamara Matsui Penis Festival. But I'd like to look at ones a bit closer to home, as here in the UK, as you'd imagine, we love our strange traditions and festivities, especially when it comes to food. I mean, a street just a few miles from my house is host to the Black Pudding Throwing Championships, where contestants have to knock Yorkshire puddings off a high platform by throwing black puddings at them. And speaking of Yorkshire puddings, the village of Broby, in of course Yorkshire, holds a festival every year where they cook a giant Yorkshire puddings, make them waterproof, sit in them, and with an oar, race them across the pond. Perhaps my favourite, and this has been very briefly mentioned in a previous episode by Chucky, is the Cooper's Hill Cheese Rolling Festival in Gloucestershire. Every year, at the end of May, around 4,000 excited onlookers and contestants gather in the village of Brockworth to chase a rolling £9 wheel of double Gloucester cheese down a steep hill, in a desperate bid to be the first to catch it, in a tradition that has been going on for over 200 years. Although all fences are removed, debris is swept up and undergrowth cut away to reduce risk of injury, the festival is still very dangerous, with the sheer steepness and unevenness of the hill causing many serious injuries over the year. The cheese itself presents a danger to onlookers, the £9 block of dairy has been recorded at hitting speeds of over 70 miles an hour. All the danger caused the event to lose official management in 2010, but the locals are very proud of the tradition and it carries on today unmanaged. Contestants from all over the world have been known to come and compete in the cheese ch- as cheese chasers, and the local rugby team and so the, some other helpers volunteer as catchers for people who lose their balance and start an out-of-control descent to the bottom of the hill, where an ambulance waits on standby. If you've got any weird local traditions, let us know on Twitter at WeirdThingPod. Gentlemen, your rebuttal. Some fucking underground cheese rolling competition. I was like, they're like, we've lost the sponsorship. Right, we're going rogue. That's it. Christ. We can't afford the proper cheese. Get them daily triangles and mash them into a fucking wheel. We've lost the sponsorship from Gloucestershire. We're going to have to go Gouda this year. Fuck. That's not Gouda. Oh, I'm not yeah. doing cheese jokes. Not doing cheese jokes. No. We're better than that. We're not. I've, I've got one interesting cheese fact. Please. It's that Edam's the only cheese that's made backwards. Get out. It's his house. It's my home. <laughs> Go and stand in the backyard for a while. Well. I mean, 
has anyone died? Do you know? No. There must have been a no. fatality. Been 200 a- years, no one's ever carked it. Like, Not on record. Yeah, exactly. That's it. They're hiding it. Like, probably 50 <laughs> yeah. people dying. From yeah. the greater a- good. That's it. <laughs> Precisely <laughs> that. It's probably been cover-ups and... I know that one woman did do it, and it's because she was hungover as fuck. Oh, man. And, like, she just fell, and she said, like, if I was sober, I probably would have broken, but she just went, <laughs> like, rag, ragdolled <laughs> down the hill and beat the cheese to the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> Only to turn around and be nailed in the face by a block of cheese. <laughs> oh, wow. By a load of um, plastic cheese squares <laughs> being thrown at her by fans. <laughs> Sign that. <laughs> yeah. Oh mate, if I saw somebody tumbling down the hill, I'd give it a miss. You're like, oh, I tr- no, I can't. Catch I mean, it. it's 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 one of those quintessentially British things that I really like, like the black pudding thing. I didn't know about the the hardened Yorkshire pudding rowboat contest, <laughs> which sounds something right in my wheelhouse. I was just looking at there's so much criticism from people saying how much food they're wasting in making these boats. <laughs> mate, it's eggs, flour, and milk. That's all that's in Yorkshire puddings. <laughs> And duct tape, waterproofing spray, or whatever the... Oh, (laughs) get it it up here. Is it it Nairsborough that has, like, the mattress one? Have you ever seen that? What's that one? A friend used to live in Nairsborough, and every year they used to all get their mattresses out and, like, make it into, like, a a little car, and then they'd race it or something like that. Oh, Oh, that sounds good. We used to do, like, that on our street with, like, go-karts and shit, like, homemade go-karts, but... Like I say, it's these little things that just grow over Regional years, variations until, of these things. Until the whole town are like, looking forward to it as an annual thing. But how, how do you reckon cheese rolling even started? Do you reckon somebody was carrying like a, like a wheel of cheese and it dropped would, it down a hill, <laughs> started chasing like, you know what, I'd, no. I'd pay to watch somebody do that. It, would, yeah. it was probably Mad fucking Jimmy. <laughs> it probably <laughs> fucking was. <laughs> Mad Jack came along. Like, oh, chase after this cheese. Here's a tenner. <laughs> Give me my port. <laughs> Do a flip Just at the top of the hill, laughing, laughing and laughing as peasants <laughs> threw themselves into a bloody pile at the bottom. <laughs> no, I, I genuinely believe it would have been like a local laird or something who was like, whoever can catch the cheese shall marry my daughter, that sort of thing. I, I wouldn't be shocked at all to find that that was the truth. I, I'm going to guess that it's been lost to the annals of history, but... It sounds like all of these things are rich people trying to make poor people humiliate themselves for their entertainment, aren't they? It's only known by the cheese elders now. <laughs> <laughs> the laughing cow. The cheese board. <laughs> <laughs> or the cheese board. The cheese hey! board. Hey! We said we weren't going to do them, people, but here we are. That's an actual good one. Who's next? Alice. The World Cup is one of the greatest festivals in football, but here's a story of how a dream can become a nightmare and a defeat can be a victory. Nowadays, teams from Africa can be a force in the tournament and they house some of the greatest and best players that the world has seen over the last few decades. However, in 1974, it was a very different story. Zaire, now known as the Democratic Republic of Congo, became the first black African country to qualify, mostly due to years of rejected applications and qualification rules put in place by FIFA that discriminate against sub-Saharan countries. Unbeknown to the world though, the African Cup of Nations holders there were an entertaining and talented outfit. The manager of their opening opponent, Scotland, had dismissed them out of hand pre-match, saying, if we can't beat Zaire, then we should pack our bags and go straight home. And despite losing 2-0, Zaire had left a positive impression on the world. And then the madness started. Zaire's military dictator, let me compose myself for this one, President Marshall 
Mobutu, Sese, Seku, Kuku, and Gumbu Wazabanga. Well, from here on in, I am going to stick with President Mobutu. Oh, I was going to... Captain Banga's better. <laughs> <laughs> Became very invested upon qualifying. He invited the entire squad to his personal residence to celebrate. He bought them all houses and gave them all cars. He sent the team to the World Cup in Germany with a big kitty of money and said, use this if you need it for, for anything when you're out and about. And... <laughs> He sent an enormous entourage of government and Zarian Football Federation officials to bolster the ranks as a sign of strength. But then they started spending the money. And then the players realised that this money wasn't just for their entertainment, it was their wages and their bonuses, which had now been bled dry and they were not going to get paid. As such, match two nearly didn't happen. The pissed off players refused to play, so FIFA stepped in to uphold the tournament's integrity, paying them. And while the players took to their pitch and body, they did not in mind, and they lost 9-0 to Yugoslavia. They became a joke, and as you can imagine, President Mobutu, as a dictator, was not very amused. They had one match left, Brazil. <laughs> Jesus. His response was entirely rational. He told the team that um, if they were to lose 4-0 to Brazil, that they were not going to be allowed into the country again. They closed the hotel to all journalists and he sent guards to threaten them before the match. So it was match day. Quarter of the match was remaining. They were 2-0 down. Brazil had a free kick close to goal. The ref blew his whistle and Elunga, the defender, fearing he wouldn't return home, broke from the defensive wall, ran full pelt at the ball and with a foot like a traction engine, smashed the ball upfield. He was booked and the legendary English commentator John Motson called it a bizarre moment of African ignorance and the story was told that these stupid Africans didn't understand the rules of the beautiful game. The truth remained hidden for years but his time-wasted moment of panic kind of worked. They only lost 3-0, they could go back to their country and in one final twist they decided they wanted to keep the complimentary BMW bus they were given to use during the tournament but alas the authorities stopped them before they left West German territory. They went home, they were made social pariahs, their careers were over, and President Mobutu cut the funding to the national team and the football was strangled to death. Kind of puts England's 56 years of hurt into perspective. Gentlemen, your rebuttals. It was all fun, that, wasn't it, until the last paragraph, and then I was like, fuck. Yeah, I had like a cool running vibe to it. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> and then, oh, this, this went dark. And then it went just incredibly racist. <laughs> Imagine you were in Brazil, though, knowing, like, you would just, you'd just score 1-0 and just keep it there, wouldn't Did you? It, no, it was all... No, no, I was going to say, you're not going to go over them, like, when you're flipping the coin and go, right, all right, lads, like, three goals is the maximum you can score. <laughs> Otherwise, I can't go home. <laughs> and I've got blockbuster videos to fucking return. <laughs> the defender who ran out year, years later told the BBC about the threat, but no one knew at the time. I just, remember seeing it like and going, what's happening? It must have been a thing, because there's no way like you can be in the World Cup and not understand that you can't just go and twat the ball. He does as well. <laughs> oh, yeah. He, he, I, yeah, he goes and actually just hoofs it down the field. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's tremendous, but oh, also that bit of like when he's going, take this money with you. It's your wages and everything. What was that last bit? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> so they're all off down Pizza Express and that. Like, yeah, yeah. Let's. <laughs> I will get stuffed crust. Yeah, let's get the fourteen inch. We deserve it. Yeah, and then they're like, when he comes hey, look, to, there's it. that prince, <laughs> not sweating <laughs> in the right. corner. Not- yeah. <laughs> Wait, no, it was in Germany, <laughs> not Essex. Not, not woken. <laughs> Oh, mate, I mean, 
I like the fact I, they tried to steal the bus at the end. Just I mean... <laughs> we're getting fucking something from this. Shit a bus, didn't it, really, at that point? like, But also, like, yeah, the fact shit that... Shit a bus. Because, because of the shitty warlordy type corruption antics, all... I don't know, I'm guessing there's about 20 of them total with subs and that. And now, social outcasts, they, you know... It's... it's that and is I mean, is Zaire still a, a, a team... Like, are they in the World Cup now? I, I, I don't follow sports, like, so... They're the Democratic Republic. They're Republic Congo now, sorry, yes. Mm, yeah, yeah, they have a team. good, pointless answer. Yes. Hmm. Yeah. So it's back on form now, because I'm assuming they're, well, Democratic, so they've, they've got rid of Captain <laughs> Bangers, yeah. <laughs> Great porn name. <laughs> Chucky. All right. It's fun to celebrate things, to let the old hair down, do as my mate Tom does, and throw some shapes on the dance floor that is life. Humans have been coming up with reasons to celebrate things for as long as we can remember, with some fairly bullshitty celebrations popping up in recent times as a cash grab. What's interesting to me is the celebrations that stray off the well-trodden path of Western societies. This is where I'd like to shine some light on the land of the rising sun, amongst other rising things. Who <laughs> were? In Japan, on the first Sunday of April, a very grown-up and mature festival takes place, Kanemaru Matsuri, or the festival of the Steel Phallus if you're a filthy gaijin like me. On this very, very special day, Japanese folk in Kawasaki, Japan, take to the streets and march carrying all manners of members. If you hang about long enough, you'll see candy penises, metal penises, and if you're lucky, you'll even snag yourself a cheeky penis candle, perfect for setting the mood for that romantic night in. <laughs> the modern tradition started in 1969, nice. but its origins come from the 17th century and focus on the story surrounding the use of a steel phallus. Legend has it, there was once a beautiful goddess that was searching for love. Having saved herself for marriage, when she finally wed, her husband found out that she had a bit of a problem down there. It turned out she had a bit of a vagina dentana thing going on, with a jealous red-faced sharp-toothed demon living in the magical cave of wonders. When husband number one popped his wedding veg inside, it was more than just spiralised, it was bitten clean off. Jesus. <laughs> now, the goddess must have been a bit tight-lipped about this, and I assume the first Stop husband it. behaved. And I assume the first husband made himself very scarce, as another guy subjected himself to the Flash Gordon Woodbeast Death <laughs> Challenge. When he suffered the same fate, he mustn't have kept it to himself, as it soon became common knowledge that the goddess had an unwanted demon living inside her penis parlor. This is when our hero would enter the fray. The third guy, a talented blacksmith, created an iron dong to better the demon. When he got down to the horizontal monster mash, that's exactly what he did. He used his crafty invention to bash the demon's teeth in, which must have given the beast a good reason to leave. His ingenuity no doubt secured him a long-lasting relationship, free of penal detachments. This feat was so noteworthy that the story of this wily blacksmith and his steel phallus have stood proudly against the test of time just to find a pretty weird festival. The weirdest thing though, isn't that 100,000 Japanese people take to the street celebrating this tale, but that it took two guys losing their pork swords for people to catch wind of a particularly bitey lady cave. <laughs> Gentlemen, your rebuttals. This just like a really mystical way of saying she had like herpes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how bad the herpes have to be to have your penis cut off. There was a whole Did any of them think this? they were glass after it happened? <laughs> <laughs> I think she must have taught the first guy into it. Because <laughs> I, I, I don't understand how one guy gets his penis like chomped off. And he's like, you know, as 
as honourable as I am, I won't tell anyone, but you need to get that sorted out. <laughs> Husband number two comes along. You just, oh, mate, yeah, I don't know. Like, this is why chainmail condoms exist. I mean, I would have been more like, they must have dated up to that point, and like, did he not hear it going, <laughs> just that night, just hearing like, yeah. Or it, he must have to pop out and go like go to the toilet and get some food and stuff. Like he must be pretty hungry up there. Uh, so I'd imagine if something did come in, I'd probably take a bite as well. Just, just saying. I mean, <laughs> I, mean I, I don't we agree we weren't going to do Japanese stuff until we got to Japan. But also, there's so much bonkers shit. That, yeah, is this is this like a historical legend? Because it only started in 1969, which isn't that long ago. Well, yeah, so, it, like, 17th century uh, right, okay. is when it, it became, like, a known tale. And I believe there is a, a temple in Japan with just a massive, like, steel... Big old steel bunk on. Just, just <laughs> right in the open. I think it's, um, you know, a fertility symbol and all this. You go over there, give it a little stroke. <laughs> just, the, hel- the helmet's very shiny. <laughs> That's it. You can tell where people have been working it. Jesus, yeah. what? They have them, like, brass sort of pictures from like medieval times that have like people on it's always like dogs but the dogs yeah, are always yeah, like yeah. big shiny yeah, 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 yeah. people like stroke the dog yeah you got it aren't you it's for luck and also who doesn't want to stroke a dog even a, a brass one dongs I'm you know <laughs> take it or leave it right yeah. what would your entry be or my entry what would your entry be oh not yeah uh, if you entered the competition you said yeah, there so was candy do- penises there was all sorts of penises I oh. imagine there's a, like a sort of judging thing like the best, well, best dressed dong <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd have a feather boa that was just very penisy, like a flotilla of of dong floats. Yeah, like a like a parade. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> gathers every year to see him float across a, the sky. A penis parade. Yeah. Imagine waking up not remembering it's the first Sunday of April. Imagine yeah. you just <laughs> imagine, you, imagine you've just moved to Kawasaki. <laughs> I finally you're, you're popping I'm, out <laughs> to get some fucking coffee and like a croissant in the morning, and you're like. More penises than I remember being. <laughs> no, no. I, I, I don't know. I like stuff like that, though. I like again. It all fits into like just these bizarre yeah. regional. I just like to think of the guy like making a steel dong, ah! and then like, <laughs> I'll show you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, how accurate did it have to be? I mean, like you could have. Just, mm, I don't know. Did he model it after his own? Did he add a couple of inches? Uh, well, I think if I had the opportunity, I'm always going to add a couple more. You need to be able to hold it, right? You know, give it. Just the original strap on. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, I'll get it out. Dink! <laughs> it's a little cold. It's a little cold. Brace yourself. I was going to say, he must have had to have like a room in there to pump some warm water around it or something. To, like, no one wants that. You don't want the demon to go into shock before you kick its teeth in. Uh, it's a bit like Doom. Oh, fuck right. <laughs> going into Sawyer Demon. Oh, no. Going through a metal detector. Yeah. You forgot to take it out and you're going through the airport and the metal detector. Like, like Spinal you got any metal Spinal People, we've got armadillos in our trousers. It's, it's uh, quite scary. Doom, really. doom, more like poon. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Unfortunately, you are disqualified. <laughs> Just because of the amount of knob jokes you got into that. <laughs> I think you broke some sort of European contravening law thing about that. I'm going to give this week's win uh, to Ellis, really, yeah. for his sort of reverse cool runnings that he pulled on us. <laughs> He settles up so bad. I was like, just the ending, I was like, oh, I'm heartbroken now. I hope they're all right. Uh, yeah. 
You raised our hopes just to dash them at the last minute. <laughs> Expertly so. Hey, they got home. <laughs> yeah, sans buzz, they had to walk. <laughs> <laughs> Today's topic was guessed correctly on Twitter by our very good friend and co-host of Hallmark's Last Orders. It's Bernie. So well done to her. You can get involved as well. Follow us on Twitter at WeirdThingPod. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time. Weird thing about that. And looks like if you ordered Doctor Who from Wish but he arrived with polio.